0: Hello and welcome to Community Topics, number 22 of Dualist Community. I am aware, but not afraid. Aware that I have impact on everything and everything has impact on me, but that in no way means that I have to fear any of those impacts on me. Oftentimes the awareness can be enough, can allow you to move through with, with clarity, but also allow you to, you know, enjoy the ride along the way, because a lot of times that's, that's what it comes down to. And I think that that's probably
1: one of the most important things to realize is that the recognition that you are not separate from reality actually changes the nature of how you deal with reality. It's not about what you're afraid of so much as what you can consider, what changes your experience, what are the influences that are a part of your life and through awareness, there's less to fear but more to look at. And so this episode of Community Topics, oddly enough, is about alcohol, but more so I think it's about our interaction with different substances in our reality, the considerations that go with the interaction with those substances, and the temptation to either glorify or vilify those substances. And we don't want to do either of those things in this episode. We understand that this episode is about alcohol. We also understand that the conversation that we have more often than not is about consciousness and awareness and the growth of sensitivity and often it's easy to look at alcohol and some of the effects that alcohol can have, especially in terms of alcohol abuse, and assume that alcohol itself cannot be a part of the path of awareness or growth. And so I just wanted to mention that Andrew and I are actually, for this episode, both armed with a glass of our our own specific poison. I have a glass of red wine. Andrew, I believe, is drinking a glass of whiskey. Um, And specifically, we're doing that because we want to make the point that It's okay to do that, but it's also important to remember that any more than this one specific glass, and there would be a consequence, which we're going to get into further as we start this episode. So before all that, cheers to you, the listener. We are so grateful for you and all of the growth that you're going through, regardless of the influences around you, whether you see them
0: good or bad, they are all helping you become more of you. Cheers to that. So with all that, let's uh, let's get into alcohol a little bit. So um yeah shit. There's so many I have I have like 10 different points that I kind of wanted to dig into and I'm looking at all of them like, well, where to start? Well, I guess we can pick one. So I think I don't know, maybe starting on the side even of uh the more spiritual crowd thoughts on on alcohol because a lot of times it is vilified and it's looked at as this thing that you just got to avoid it's this it's this bad thing it's a poison does does no good whatsoever and you just avoid it simple as that blah 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 but as much as alcohol is used as a as a tool to avoid and to numb what would otherwise be something that we'd be forced to look at kind of allows us to not look at the things that we would otherwise look at that would allow us to grow. And on the flip side of that, the the spiritual crowd oftentimes points to it as this thing, this poison that we always have to avoid. And I think what I was kind of getting at in the intro is that there's nothing that you have to avoid because You, the reality of you, is more impactful, more powerful than any of the substances or or things that you consume. You know, people get uh, an example of people getting kind of worked up about something like this that isn't necessarily alcohol, but something like you know, with with vegans or vegetarians. Oftentimes, they'll say, "I'm not trying to consume uh, that cow because when it died, it was afraid and it was embodying fear, and I'm going to be consuming that fear." And it's like, what about you? What about all the power that you have? What about your influence over the cow, the the embodying thing that you're, you're consuming in that moment? Like, what if it isn't that that's going to overtake you, but you can overtake it? And so there's a balance between recognizing that and understanding that things are going to have some impact on you. And so that awareness is very key, awareness of where that, Awareness begins to be diminished by the thing that you're consuming. Like the awareness of where that line is gets harder to see the more drinks you have. So it's very important to kind of keep both of those in mind. Like with everything, it's not black and white, it's very nuanced. And avoiding alcohol, like cold turkey, could be just you avoiding something deeper that you're not willing to face. Yeah, I think so. I think it's
1: important to consider the substance itself. And I think that that's probably the direction that we're going to go in here next is talking a little bit about alcohol and what it is you're dealing with. Because we've talked about cannabis, we've talked about psychedelics, alcohol we've touched on here and there, specifically in an episode of Raw, though I don't remember which one it was. Um, Alcohol, like everything in reality to me, is symbolic of a certain mentality. Uh, psychedelics are symbolic of a certain mentality. Cannabis is symbolic of a certain mentality, so on and so forth. Um, And that's what we're accessing through these substances. Alcohol, in my opinion, is symbolic of the ego, of the intense physical view of things. The more alcohol you drink, the more physical you tend to become. And what's interesting about that is that when you are drinking alcohol, it actually reduces the production of a certain neurotransmitter in your prefrontal cortex. And your prefrontal cortex is what allows you to see different paths, different opportunities, different narratives. It allows you to question yourself to greater degree. But without that prefrontal cortex, you tend to rely more on emotion and reaction and that base instinctual ego that we were talking about in community topics. I don't remember which number it was, but it was about instinct and intuition. We were talking about how the body has its own operating system. Well, when you're tuning into alcohol, you're very much tying yourself to that operating system. So it's very much like your ego, if not more so, because you're lacking that ability to get deeper to to greater and greater degrees as you drink more and more. A little bit of alcohol, not so much, right? But I find it really interesting because when we look at the effect that the ego has on us, when we're wrapped up in it as truth, as divisive truth. It reduces all of our ability to interact with the world. It reduces our efficacy. It reduces our intelligence. It reduces our awareness and our empathy and so on and so forth. And that's just the ego. And so when you look at the effects on the brain when it comes to alcohol, it's really interesting to note that it impairs your balance, your vision, your ability to speak clearly. It will slow down your reaction time And it will impair your memory. And that is exactly what the ego does because it removes you from the world. It removes you from reality. And so alcohol is just taking that and amplifying it. And it's really important to remember that. Not to make alcohol, again, a villain. And I'll take a drink just to prove that's the case. But as I like to think about it, and I say this from somebody who was so deep in alcoholism at one point that I was referred to easily as an alcoholic. I was drinking all day, every day. It was a big part of my life for years and years and years. I could not face the reality around me. And so I just tuned it out through alcohol, thinking I was helping myself and that I wasn't. And so years later now, obviously I still drink from time to time, but I drink with the awareness of what it is doing to me. It is bringing me one step closer with each and every sip to the mentality that ultimately created my hell. So it's not that I won't touch alcohol, but I do so with a certain degree of respect and caution, understanding where it's going to take me if I continue to drink it without awareness.
0: Yeah. And the, and going into that point a little bit with uh, I don't know something like at, at the retreat for example a lot of people were were very peeled back and understanding alcohol is a tool it's a potentially very dangerous and toxic tool when it's taken too far but there is a use case and I didn't really realize what that was besides just like you know fogging things up going through high school and college. Um, but when, when you are very peeled back and you are kind of looking into that void or that abyss and you're working to kind of get back to the illusion a little bit, alcohol can, can kind of accelerate that, you know, as, as a tool in that way, but it really does take us out the other end of the division. Like we feel better because we're just numb to everything. And, and so in comparison to a psychedelic or you know weed even but i guess more so mushrooms it where mushrooms peel you back alcohol kind of solidifies everything so much that you don't even see as much and sometimes literally don't see like you black out or something but it's like the wall is so becomes so thick that you just aren't sensitive to anything you have no clarity really whatsoever. And and the physicality of it is interesting because a lot of times when people get, you know, super drunk, their, their mentality goes strictly to the physical, whether it's, you know, intimate physical or fighting physical, like that, that's where it goes because we're so divided that we see everything as other and see everything relative to our desires which are just all that we see, like there's no awareness behind the desire, it's just the rawness of it. and so if someone's especially if they're super hammered and someone like accidentally nudges them immediately their their entire opinion perception goes totally unquestioned, and then they just try and fight because they're like, oh. This happened and this means this, and it definitely means this, and it definitely means that. And that person definitely meant to do that. And and there's no like, there's no questioning whatsoever. That's something I haven't actually thought of before ever, is how little questioning happens on alcohol. Like there, there's no questioning of, hmm, is this actually the best decision right here? Hmm, should I actually do this? Hmm, what are the potential repercussions of this action? There's no like hesitation which when taken too far is ob- obviously incredibly potentially detrimental to someone so it's like everything goes unquestioned whereas you know on on mushrooms say you take a super high dose you're questioning the reality of you whereas alcohol is on the other entirely other end of the spectrum where it's just what is and you're taking every perception and thought and opinion and judgment to be the truth. And that informs your reality there. It's just that you're so desensitized that you are able to avoid what's really there because you're just living kind of in a more solidified or deeper illusion for a little while. Well said it's funny because if there was a symbolic
1: opposite to psychedelics or psilocybin specifically, I would say it's alcohol. in a lot of ways. And it's because alcohol has more of a detrimental effect on the brain. Like it actually causes the brain to age faster than it would. Otherwise, there's a lot of research that's coming out specifically uh, lately about alcohol and some of the negative effects that it has on the body, on the brain as a whole, even just a little bit, like giving an example up here in Canada, uh, I think it was 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago, Health Canada's recommendation for how much alcohol you should drink was up to two glasses a day. They were saying, that's fine, that's healthy enough. And here in Canada, as everybody knows, we're big beer drinkers. So they were very much playing to the crowd, in my opinion. But just a month or two ago, they changed their recommendation based on the latest research to two drinks a week. And so you can hear the Canadian culture just crying out, what the fuck? And it's because they got so used to this societally acceptable drug that unfortunately also makes us much easier to control because we're so reactive. And so I think it's really interesting that we are waking up to that at the same time as we are waking up to many other things. Like we were talking about, it's so interesting to see how the government's going one way towards corruption and whatnot, and yet we're seeing psilocybin on the rise in terms of conversation and use. That's really interesting. Same with cannabis. And now we're seeing a decrease in the interest in alcohol because it's true. Less and less people, specifically in the younger generations, are interested in alcohol to the same degree as we used to be. And it's because there's other options, specifically cannabis. That's huge. If you can get high rather than drunk, chances are you're probably going to get high. And and the only reason I say that, not that you don't want to drink, is that it's less damaging to you in a lot of ways, you know, specifically in terms of like driving and accidents and stuff like that, because alcohol really does make you more, uh, more accident prone because it's cutting off your awareness. So you're going to do more stupid shit. Even when you think you're doing something smart, you know, the famous last words of a drunk or, you know, Hey, watch this.
0: Yeah. And that's a great point. Even like, it's so funny how we don't classify alcohol as a drug. It's like society's like there's alcohol then there's, there's drugs and and stay away from those because they're all inherently awful and have no use case whatsoever. And I kind of see it in parallel to us seeing humans as separate from nature. And so it's the alcohol that's reinforcing that perception of division that keeps us in our suffering. And just like any spiritual fucking guru or snake oil salesman, as much as maybe temporarily they're doing something, some good long-term, they're doing a bunch of damage. Why? Because they're reinforcing the perception of division. They're reinforcing that illusion as much as there's a lot to this conversation. A lot of it comes down to that. Are you reinforcing division? Or are you not? And if you are, it's doing more damage than good, no matter what your intentions, what your desires, if you're reinforcing division, You're promoting more suffering long-term. And so I just find it really funny how, uh, how society doesn't see alcohol as a drug. And it's arguably the most detrimental on earth, like beyond all the, you know, stuff you're told as a kid, like stay away from all that. Like, I've said this before. I I used to think of mushrooms and probably when I was even younger weed as the same boat as crack and heroin like it was all just drugs and then alcohol was not in that realm and how convenient is that it's like oh this thing that makes you know the system so much money yeah that that's both legal and not so bad like there's actually benefits to to this and that and this and that it's like yeah keeps you keeps you veiled keeps you uh perceiving division and and that keeps you suffering. Whereas all this other stuff kind of allows you to see things a little bit differently, to not be so lost in your shit. And that whole side of it, I mean, I was going to say not to get too conspiracy theory-y, but it, it's not even a conspiracy theory. Like the obviousness of them pushing this product that keeps you suppressed, keeps you lost in kind of lost in your shit keeps you on the cycle. Like what are their intentions? Really? What do you think? And not even they just the system, just our, our collective mentality, what's its intentions to stay alive. So of course it's going to make things that keep it alive legal and things that work against that illegal. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Because a drunk person is really easy to market to All you have to do is, again, appease
1: those base biological functions or those base biological needs, right? Whether it's aggression, which is why we see so much alcoholic uh, marketing in sports and whatnot, or it's on, on the sexual side. Right, in terms of attractiveness. And we see that in their marketing all the time, in terms of what they're showing in commercials and what the point of getting drunk and attractive to everybody is. And it's like you just feel like you're attractive because you're drunk. And more importantly, the, l- the person you're looking at seems attractive because you're drunk. And you don't really know anything that's happening because you're drunk, but you're spending money because you're drunk. And that's very much the point. And so, yeah, they're not really looking at it in terms of it being. Again, almost like if you had to look at it in terms of it, they're all pharmaceuticals to some degree. And I don't mean they're made by this pharmaceutical industry, but what I mean is that they are substances that change your reality. Everything is, and we don't look at it that way, right? Like if you eat good quality food as opposed to shit quality food, that good quality food is going to make you feel different. Does that make that quality food a drug? Because you see, we start... Labeling everything as a drug, but everything affects how you, how you impact with reality. How much water you drink, is that a drug? How much sugar you have, is that a drug? Caffeine, how about that? Is that a drug? How much oxygen are you getting? Because that changes your reality as well, right? So everything, if we think about it, is a drug. But we don't look at it that way. We don't look at the fact that we are always affecting our baseline experience always. And so when we get into alcohol, for example, we just dive into alcohol head first, not recognizing, right, this is a downer. This is a depressant. This is something that's made to bring me back further into my body. Might help as a pain reliever, therefore, right? Or it might help if I am feeling too cerebral, too lost in my thoughts, and I'd like to come back down to my body to be a little bit more in the present. Maybe it's helpful there, but taken too far, I end up back in the deep end of hell. It really is just about recognizing that everything has an impact on us because alcohol has been around a long time. I mean, the earliest alcohol, I think, is like 8,000 or 7,000 years old that they've discovered in like an old vase or something, evidence of this alcohol. It's like, we've, we've always found a way to make alcohol, I mean, animals get drunk by eating rotten fruit, right? And a lot of them like um, elephants and monkeys and deer, they all eat rotten fruit and it gets them drunk. It's not like we're the only people to do that, but we made it into an art so that way we weren't just eating rotten fruit. We figured out how to ferment it and make it into a drink that was palatable, right? But the problem isn't the substance. It's the mentality with which we use the substance. And it's the mentality that the substance itself perpetuates and encourages. And that's really all it is. And if you remember that, then there is nothing wrong with having a drink from time to time. There's nothing wrong with it, as long as it's from a state of awareness and understanding of what you are willingly participating in, in terms of a mentality. But you keep that in mind, you're just fine absolutely but that all said because alcohol is a downer and because it does make you more physical and more more egotistical and we know that one of the traps of egotism is the familiar it also becomes addictive very very easily
0: yeah and and that awareness is key but i like i like what you said about how it's not just that all drugs including alcohol are drugs but everything like Literally everything, every every moment to moment thing that we kind of settle upon is a drug. And it's not just physical things. It's it's thought patterns. It's our idea of ourself. It's our story that we tell ourselves every day. And so there's then on top of those things, you know, the the things that reinforce all the psychological suffering, there's gonna be things that have impact on that. So it's almost like a a layer one, layer two, not to sound like I'm too into crypto or anything, but there's like a layer one of the ideas that we cling to, like the, the roots of our suffering, the idea of ourself, And then on top of that, and so that's a drug in and of itself. And then on top of that, there are other things that we do you know, the story that we cling to that reinforces the idea of ourself, the judgments that we utilize or or the way we see other people is a drug reinforces division and therefore the idea of ourself. And then there's substances that we consume that more or less reinforce the idea of yourself, even, even food, you know, you can, part of the, part of your story could be that you're a skinny person or a fat person or whatever. And the way that you act reinforces that the amount of food that you consume the quality of food that you consume reinforces that story and so then going going beyond just the food the substance the other substances you know the drugs they all have impact too and there are certain drugs that reinforce the story which reinforces the root of our suffering and there are things that that don't impact so i'm almost seeing it as like all these different levers that are impacting everything all at once and there's just certain levers that are potentially useful and not useful depending on the mentality that you're embodying. And so when you're embodying, and there there's also like, hmm, this is useful short term, detrimental long term, useful long term, detrimental short term. You know, like sometimes mushrooms are detrimental short term and useful long term. Alcohol is very often, you know, useful short term, or so we think and then very detrimental long-term. And so there, there's all of these different you know, levers and, and fluctuations that everything has impact on. And your awareness, even just the awareness that they do have impacts and there are mentalities with which they're all useful to some degree, but understanding the usefulness and, and also the consequences simultaneously is just incredibly important to hold on to that. And so something, you know, going back to alcohol specifically, it's going to reinforce the idea of you. It's going to make those walls even thicker to the point that maybe you don't see as many things that you were afraid of because the walls are taller or thicker, but it doesn't mean it's not there. And it doesn't mean that it's all going to come crashing down as soon as the you know drug wears off or goes away. So it's being aware that, you know, It may have some short term satisfaction, but it does have long term detriments and they're proven, you know, they're proven physically or proven mentally. And if it's reinforcing the story or allowing you to avoid it, it's going to have a long term detrimental impact. And on the flip side, something like mushrooms, you know, they don't let you avoid those things as much. And it's just I just will never not find it funny that we have actually allowed for alcohol to be fully, completely legal and something like mushrooms to be illegal is kind of (laughs) mind-blowing.
1: Especially given the evidence. Like when we get so caught up in the mentality of alcohol that we cut ourselves off entirely and we become alcoholics, right? Or rather we abuse alcohol. We use it all the time. We become attached to it. It becomes our addiction. We usually end up looking for a group to help us out of that when we come to terms with the fact that we have a problem. But that's the first step in that group, is responsibility, right? And in that sense of responsibility, you're able to have more sway over your life. And what I think is interesting, I'm specifically talking about AA, is that the person who created AA did so after a psychedelic experience where they recognized what the steps were to return from that very ego, physical mentality that lacks responsibility and awareness to a more cerebral and aware mentality that is connected and humble and willing to take responsibility for its life. And that's what the 12-step program was. Oddly enough, it kind of got railroaded by uh, the Christian movement and it became about Christianity to a very large degree where they were talking about accepting that there's a higher power, except now it's Jesus. So The point was, is to recognize that you are part of something larger than yourself. So this all sounds very familiar in terms of ego disillusion, right? So the process of removing your addiction to alcohol is very much the same process as removing your addiction to your ego. So AA could easily be used just to address your ego as well. But the important part being that AA and the 12 step program came from a psychedelic experience. And what's so interesting about that to me is the fact that psilocybin mushrooms, not only will they change your mentality, and they've actually had a couple of studies now proving that people with a history of overconsumption with alcohol, like straight up alcohol abuse over a long period of time, have had an easier time quitting drinking or reducing their drinking after having an experience with psilocybin consistently because that awareness is undermining the mentality that makes alcohol so tempting. But not only that, and here's the fun part about this, it's also been shown that psilocybin will actually repair parts of the brain that are damaged through alcohol use.
0: Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, man, it is, it is fascinating. And we, we kind of knew this was going to get into other substances, specifically mushrooms, because they really are. You know, we talk in spectrums a lot and you know going towards yourself and away from yourself and why we as a society do certain things and and don't do other things or make certain things legal and other things illegal and seeing mushrooms and alcohol are pretty much just opposite ends of the spectrum like everything that alcohol does mushrooms pretty much does the opposite like builds up the walls alcohol builds up the walls mushrooms, Tears the walls down. Alcohol allows you to feel certain, which as we all know, there is no actual certainty. So they give you a false sense of certainty. Mushrooms rip that all out from under you. Uh, alcohol very much deepens your, your physical experience, makes you feel very physical and therefore you know, believe the physicality of you to be the truth of what you are, reinforces that illusion of division. Mushrooms peels you back, cuts you down, clips those strings you know so there's i won't go into like everything i can think of that's that's the extent of all the examples i can think of right now but it it just goes to show and with the brain example that everything that alcohol takes away from it makes me wonder if they weren't you know mushroom mushrooms have been around a lot a lot longer i'm i'm assuming i it's all it's all eternity anyway but how they're just kind of I don't know, just opposite ends of the spectrum is, is really interesting and in how we've chosen to openly vilify one and kind of champion the other, which is indicative of our current mentality. And so the shift that we've seen recently towards people, you know, smoking more weed and doing more mushrooms and kind of doing that in their relaxed time as opposed to going out and, you know, having a couple of beers, having a couple of drinks is indicative of our shift away from that mentality of that divisive mentality. And I think we, we see that in all aspects of society too, like all the things that we do that reinforce division, like alcohol is kind of at the, at the root of that, or at least further promotes those things, those harmful things. And And on the flip side, like being more loving, open, empathetic, peeled back, you know, those are all things that mushroom deepen your experience into. So yeah, the, uh, the duality or the, the perceived duality between those two is pretty damn fascinating.
1: I think so. I think it's a really interesting indicator. Again, as you were saying of where we're going as a society, the rise of, psychedelics and cannabis in terms of use and not just use, but research. There's a lot more research going into psychedelics and cannabis. And that's opening up a lot of people's eyes to the fact that there's alternatives like microdosing, for example, in terms of psilocybin mushrooms. It's crazy how fast that's spreading. Like it really surprises me how often I hear people who are in their forties and fifties, sometimes even sixties saying that they're experimenting with microdosing psilocybin mushrooms. And these are people who 10 years ago, if you had talked to them about mushrooms, they would have been like, no, 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 I don't touch drugs, nothing like that. But you let people suffer long enough in an egotistical mentality and all of a sudden they're looking for a way out. They wanna understand why am I experiencing this hell? Because after you've told yourself there's something wrong with you for long enough, you at least start to entertain the idea that perhaps there's nothing wrong with you, that you've actually just learned to think in a certain way that you can stop, that you can change and change your entire life because of that change. So I think that it's really important. And I wonder, I have to wonder as the mentality shifts, as we were mentioning earlier, alcohol is a very, very easy drug to market because the mentality that alcohol perpetuates is very needy, very willing to spend money. Whereas an awareness that doesn't lack and isn't trying to satisfy some biological need is very hard to pull the wool over their eyes. It's very hard to swindle that mentality because it doesn't come from a state of lack. And so the entire capitalistic game is going to shift as we start walking away from alcohol and what it symbolizes in terms of our mentality. So I'm going to watch that. I'm very curious to see how that's going to play out over the long term. Because remember, we talk about the legalization of cannabis, but we're talking about this in North America. And the majority of the world, cannabis is still illegal.
0: It's so funny because growing up, I, I saw these things as inherently bad. You know, drug drugs are bad. That's kind of what you're told. And now understanding, like, especially mushrooms and weed and having you know done them plenty, like How did they, how were they even able to make weed illegal? Like, how did they manage that? Like this thing makes you laugh a little more and makes you more relaxed. Like, yeah, definitely make it illegal. Like, I, I, I don't know enough of the history, but it's a fucking story.
1: It really is because it was largely because of the cotton industry. Specifically, it was largely because of the cotton industry, because hemp and cannabis are the same plant, ultimately, right? It really just depends on the strain. And so the cotton industry was kind of dominating, but they were in competition with the hemp industry. Because if you make clothing out of hemp, or you make rope out of hemp, for example, it's really, really durable. Whereas like a set of cotton pants will last you maybe 10 years. A set of hemp pants will last you almost a century. Like they're really durable for sure. But the problem with hemp is that it's so hard to process. And back in the 1800s, it was all processed by hand. And that made it very expensive and very difficult to do. And so it was around the end of the 1800s, I'm pretty sure that the hemp industry created uh, a thresher. They created a way to basically tear the fibers apart using an automated process. And the cotton industry freaked out. And what they did was they started lobbying the government and basically convincing certain politicians to lobby against the use of this new drug that was sweeping the nation and turning everybody evil. Cannabis. And everybody had been up until that point using Cannabis pretty much all the time, hemp all the time. Like it was just everywhere. And so that's what happened was they made it illegal through the use of lobbying the government in order to promote the cotton industry. That was pretty much it. And, and, and as soon as as soon as that happened, the hemp industry realized that they were fucked. They were fucked because it was the same plant. And so the cotton
0: industry took over. Jesus Christ, that is dark. And so fucked, but also like not surprising at all. Like oh, that, man, the I...
1: propaganda is huge. If you ever, ever have a chance, sorry to interrupt you. If you ever have a chance, check out Reefer Madness. This was a movie released, I believe in the 30s and actually shown at movie theaters. It was sponsored by the government. And basically the movie is the story of a group of young people who go to this house to get high And they start acting like the craziest motherfuckers you have ever seen in your life. Like, there's this one dude, he has a hoot and he's just doing like this evil, maniacal laugh in the corner. It's the weirdest thing. Like, the whole thing is just straight up. Well, it's the mentality that you learned, it's the perception of the drug that you grew up with that this is going to make you crazy and unhinged. And that was, that was the movie. It's called Reefer Madness. I do encourage you and the listener to go and check that out. I guarantee you can find it on YouTube or something. It's probably been colorized. The colorized version is even better, in my opinion, because not only is there smoke, but they make the smoke different colors just to make it even trippier. But by the end of this video, someone gets shot. Like lives are ruined. I think someone loses their mind. And then some schmuck comes onto the screen. And he's like, and it could happen to you or you or you like it's straight up fear and it's the funniest damn video because people took this shit seriously when it came out
0: oh my god so that's where phrases like the devil's lettuce came from like they were actually able to push that idea like this is this is so awful that it's actually devil food like devil fuel and oh man uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like, I mean, as much as this episode is alcohol, like there, there's a mentality that impacts all of this. And the same mentality that's suppressing mushrooms and weed is promoting the alcohol that we know is so terrible. And it's interesting, like how it benefits the system to do so. But at the same time, there there's so many repercussions, like how many drunk driving accidents are there? every year shit like that that's that's you know kind of a unintended consequence but that shit happens all the time and it's so easy to do like there's no barrier to someone someone can go to the store pay 5 10 bucks and get drunk enough to lose all their any semblance of control and then just get in their car that's in their driveway and go kill a bunch of people like there there's no barrier to that and yet we we keep it legal and yet it's and again, like and we're not coming at this like we're we both got drinks in front of us we're not coming at this from like this is awful avoid it. it's like responsibility is what it comes down to and a lot of people don't have that. And again, it's not even to say that I've always been responsible. Like I've definitely had plenty of situations in my life. And I know Ray has, is very open about all of that, that, that he does too. And I'll still like, you know, Ray doesn't as much anymore. He's a little bit older than me, but I still go out with my friends. I'm like, we'll get drunk for sure. It's not to say that it doesn't happen. It's just, there's an awareness behind it. And also it's like, what are you going into it? what are you going into it with? What, what mentality, what, what desire are you going into it with? Are you going into it with the mentality of avoidance and suppression, or is it just something you do once in a while for fun? You're right. There is nothing inherently
1: wrong with it at all, but as always it's considerations and awareness and the understanding that this specific substance actually diminishes your ability to be aware of those considerations should be a consideration. That's really all we're saying. And aside from that, we're also saying, I think that it's impossible to not be influenced by substances because you are part of reality and everything is influencing you to some degree. Keep that in mind if you have a tendency of vilifying substances, because there is often the mentality of, well, I'll never let that shit into my body. No, thank you. There may be a lesson there that you're missing. If anything, if in just not judging and and opening yourself up to new experiences, but with awareness, as always, because that's the big thing about alcohol, it will make it more difficult for you to feel responsible for your actions. And in irresponsibility lies hell. So just keep that in mind. And aside from that, enjoy yourself. It's like I always say, everything in moderation, including moderation itself. Sometimes it's good to just let go relax a little, get a little carried away. There's nothing wrong with that. And on that note, I think that's all we have to say about alcohol and psilocybin and cannabis. But mostly this episode was about alcohol. But I always think it's important to recognize that alcohol exists within a spectrum of quote unquote drugs or quote unquote influencers. Recognizing that you have to respect what part it plays compared to all of the other ones. And I think that's why we went into the spectrum in this conversation. So I do hope that you enjoyed this community topics episode, Andrew. Any last thoughts to add to this episode?
0: Uh, not, not too much. Just a similar, similar thing. Awareness of the influences. Awareness that everything has influences, and everything has varying influences, and those influences influence you on varying degrees, depending on how aware of them you are and aware of the impacts and aware of the, the mentality that either suppresses or promotes them is very important as well. And that awareness is always key not to say should avoid anything. I certainly don't, I have avoid very little, including, you know, one end of the spectrum or the other it's, it's all open. It's all, you know, meant to allow this experience to be more full and fullness goes on all ends. And sometimes getting carried away and doing some stupid shit is part of that fullness. Not to say it should be a habit of avoidance or anything, but it's all on the table is Is what I'm saying. That everything is available to you and it really just comes down to you and the impact that's having on your reality and your responsibility, is inevitably going to come back and bite you in the ass. And so, temporarily getting being a little bit irresponsible is what it is. There's going to be repercussions to that inevitably. Being aware of that is is helpful and important, but that awareness is is of the utmost importance, I would say. But enjoy yourself. <laughs> Agreed. And on that
1: note, we're going to end this here. I am going to raise it last to Andrew and our listener Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Do remember to enjoy your life. Be aware, be responsible. If you're going to drink, drink responsibly. And just keep in mind
0: the direction that you're going in. Aside from that, do what you will. Take care, everyone. Bye, everyone.